0: I'm in. Hi, I'm Emily Sennegan. Hi, it's Keith
1: Bradshaw. Hi, this is Holly Evans. And I'm Ben Hook. In conjunction with Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. <laughs> hey there, great to have your company once again at Hooked on Sport. We're up to episode 25 and today I'm about to talk to one of the most exciting young cyclists currently representing Australia. Maeve Plouffe has been selected in the Team Pursuit for the Tokyo Games, but a trip to get there is remarkable. As a kid, she intensely disliked riding a bike and was instead a dedicated long-distance swimmer. Then Plouffe fell into track cycling on the basis of a Sports Institute talent search. Talk about love at first sight. Plouffe and the bike have been pretty much inseparable ever since. Versatile, she's a quality road rider and even blew away her fellow athletes in a virtual road series race on a stationary bike just last week. In between a leak cycling, Ploof somehow squeezes in a double degree in law and science. She joins me next. Hi, this is Eddie Dennis. I'm a high performance lead at South Australian Sports Institute and you're on Hooked on Sport. Maeve, welcome to Hooked on Sport.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited.
1: Maeve, congratulations, firstly, on winning a video game. But this is no ordinary video game where you just operate your thumbs. You had to absolutely lay it on the line on the weekend.
0: Oh, yeah, I did. If you have a look at my heart rate from the race, I think I hit 213 beats a minute. So it definitely is no ordinary video game. It's quite hard work, but I guess that makes it a lot more fun.
1: Tell me a bit about it, because this is through uh, the system, which is Zwift and Wahoo Kicker. These are all terms that I don't really understand that well, but you'll be able to explain them to everyone pretty clearly.
0: Yeah, it's quite an emerging sort of thing, this whole Zwift um, racing. It's, It's very new to me as well, to be honest. I've only just got on board in the last few months since the lockdown measures, but it's a really, really exciting way for us cyclists and even runners to keep racing while the lockdown measures are in place and while we can't. Race with each other. Um, and that's great right. for competitive athletes like me because racing is just like such a big part of my life and it's just such an um, important part of my training as well. Like cycling is such a great sport in that you can race local races at least once a week or twice a week if you really want so yeah Zwift is just a sort of a virtual racing platform and um, you get on there and you can race with people all over the world but the national road series have put on a Zwift tournament for just national road series riders so we're registered through our national road series teams my team is ACA cycling so um, pro racing sunshine coast yeah so it's really cool because it's also just a an opportunity for us to like keep racing with our teammates and stay in contact with everyone and just sort of make the training a bit more relevant and yeah sort of increase that in- competitive spirit into the racing so that's cool
1: you're a track pursuit rider we often have ours our greatest rivals on the track the brits do you have a swift <laughs> a rival do you have a number one rival in the virtual world no
0: i wouldn't say i do um Uh, To be honest, I don't and Um, maybe that's just because I don't race it regularly enough, um, but it's, it's really cool regardless because the girls who you race on Zwift against, especially in the national road series are girls that you'd race against in real life. So it's cool knowing the names behind the, um, (laughs) behind the little avatars, you know, the girl behind that. So that makes racing in sort of more local Zwift races as I'd call it, um, more interesting than sort of just doing the random ones against strangers. So it is a lot more fun doing it with your teammates and people that you know.
1: And great for fans of cycling as well to actually, I guess, watch you compete and, and, and have the races commentated. It's quite a professional little output.
0: Yeah, I'd be really impressed with, especially the productions like going around it. Um, and I've watched a couple of the men's races when I'm done. I'll usually switch on the men's race and have a watch. And it's quite cool to just be able to see the numbers that the men are putting out and the heart rates. And it, it, it is like a, a much different style of racing, but it's still quite interesting in its own, own regard. So it's cool.
1: I'm just thinking if I got my heart rate to 213 beats <laughs> per minute on Sunday, I'd still be puffing now, Mave. So <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it was it's you <laughs> and not me. Uh, where we by my maths, five weeks and one day out from the beginning of what would have been the Tokyo Olympics. If it was still going ahead, what would you be doing right now?
0: Right now, I think I would actually be probably in a training camp in Brisbane. I believe the time zones are the same um, and it's nice and hot over there. So we'd probably be avoiding the Adelaide cold um, <laughs> for somewhere a bit warmer That's to cool. do our track training. Um, obviously, heat has a really big impact on the speed that you can go around at the track. So... Uh, we definitely like to train in sort of warmer climate. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's what the plan originally was. We were going to have a bit of a, probably an overseas camp. I'm not sure where, it's sort of in the lead up to the games as well, but obviously that's been put on hold now. So we're in Adelaide doing the complete opposite, which is training on the road in the cold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, what about, and you you are part of a team, you're part of the Australian uh, team pursuit squad, two South Australians, yeah. yourself and Nettie Edmondson in that squad. What's it been like though? I guess it's been very difficult for you to train together as a team
0: yeah yeah it has been so we actually haven't been on the track since the lockdown measures were put in place because obviously we ride very very close to each other definitely not 1.5 meters apart in a team <laughs> suit you would be riding uh within centimeters of each other so we haven't actually been able to do that yet so we'll probably get back into that in a few months but for now we're sort of I guess the cool thing about cycling is that we do need the endurance background. We do need the base. And so the lockdown measures have actually they haven't impacted us too much because we would have been doing road base at the moment anyway. So a lot of our training at the moment is long hours on the road bike. We can ride in small groups like pairs and stuff at the moment. So fortunately we haven't been impacted too badly. It's not like swimming where they literally for months weren't allowed to go on the pool. And so they couldn't train. Mm. We, we're we still getting all of our training done. In fact, it's almost a different stimulus for me. So I almost feel like I'm training harder at the moment, like mm. because it's so, something new to me.
1: Let's take a short break to hear from John Mannion at the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. The present situation can increase our anxiety, which is completely normal and
0: understandable. To try and reduce some of this anxiety by practicing our breathing or deep muscle relaxation techniques, maybe some mindfulness, or even dancing, singing, or maybe even yoga.
1: And now back to the show. What about the fact that as a team, there's uh, emotional bonds as well and they've had to sort of be not so much segregated, but I guess it's it's made it a little bit more difficult. Has that had an adverse effect on you and the rest of the team?
0: I wouldn't say adverse. I think it's cool that, you know, we're, we're a team of five girls and our Watts, uh, we are so similar in our training and our physical capabilities. There's, there's no weak links. You know, our what's are so similar. We're so similar physiologically and we're r- all quite strong riders on the track. So I guess a cool thing that this lockdown and all of that has um, sort of promoted is that we've been able to have a little bit of space part. And work on our own weaknesses so for example some of the girls maybe don't have that max power output or that strength so they've been on the road doing like strength efforts where some of us need to work on our threshold so we're doing longer like more spinning efforts so I hope that when we all come back together um we are able to do some uh sort of training on the road together as it is so we so we still see each other a little bit so that's cool and we're back in the gym now but we're staggered so yeah we're definitely still seeing each other but just that little bit of extra space, because we're, usually we're at the track together every single day, seeing each other, just the five of us or six of us. And um, so just that little bit of extra space means that we can all work on our own weaknesses and hopefully come back stronger as a team as well.
1: Mave, I'm sure the next couple of questions you've had to ask a number of times before, but tell me what was the inspiration for you to first get on a bike from a competitive perspective? I mean, all kids ride a bike, I get that. but and And also specifically track, what got you into the track?
0: Well, yeah, you say all oh, kids ride a bike, but I actually hated riding my bike. i was <laughs> really honest. I hated it. I loved, loved endurance sports growing up. I was an open water swimmer a lot. So I did um, the five kilometer and 10 kilometer open water swims. I did surf life savings. So I did the Iron Woman and I used to run a little bit. Um, just loved, I also played team sports, but really, really loved endurance sports, um, and individual sports. And I actually got into cycling through the Sassy Talent ID program, right. so, I went to – I was hoping to get into rowing, actually. (laughs) I I don't think I was tall enough. Um, But, yeah, and so I I tested. I did the beep test, a couple of, like, shuttle runs and things like that. I think it was the beep test that got me through, though, because obviously I was doing very, very long overwater swims, so I think my VO2 would have been pretty good um, for my age. And that was probably when I was about 13. So once I got through to Sassy TID, I did kayaking with them as well. And I also got a note for cycling and I thought cycling was the stupidest thing ever. I was like, no way am I doing cycling? That's not even a sport. Like I'm not even going to rock up to that. And so I didn't even really look at it. I didn't care, but I saw that the Thursday night session was at the Superdome and they'd give you a bike and they'd let you try it out. So you know, being a bit of an opportunist, I was like, okay, we'll, we'll try it out. So, Mum drove me the half hour to Jepp's Cross Velodrome and went out, and I just absolutely loved it. Like. Mm. Maybe the reason I hated riding a bike as a kid is because I didn't have a fast bike, <laughs> I don't know. but going on a track bike is a completely different feeling. Uh, so I started out track, um, because obviously it does tie in a lot better with the Olympic pathway and that's the way the sort of, uh, sports institutes like to guide you. They like to go track first and you learn the skills on the track and you get the fitness on the track. And then there's also road as another option, but I pretty much stuck with the track pathway the whole way through, um, I I did it wasn't smooth sailing like when I started track I wasn't very good at it I in fact I was actually terrible at it I could not finish a race I couldn't do national uh track series I would come last in it um I got (laughs) asked a couple times like do I really want to do this um but I I did love it and I actually got sort of picked up by a triathlon group and they kept my interest alive sort of in the sport because it is a really expensive sport and it's hard to get support in. And especially when your parents aren't involved with it, it, it can be difficult. So I've, that's, uh triathlon group, Fuse Multisport, they helped me a lot, just a local team in Adelaide. Um, and then when I made my first state team, I went to nationals and did quite well. And yeah, it kind of went from there. And then I just sort of moved up the sassy pathway, stuck with track, did a little bit of road. Like I always raced uh, road nationals, but yeah, I've always loved track.
1: So the track... I want to ask you this question on the basis that I have had one experience of riding around that track, and it was on a tandem bike with Shane Kelly. And Ooh. Shane's a little bit before your time, obviously. Uh, and we had a tandem bike ride-off against Anna and Kerry Mears. So as as my debut on the track, mate. Yeah. And... <laughs> I've never been so terrified in all my life because Shane thought it would be hilarious to take me, you know, way up the top of the bend and then come down and it's what, 42 degrees or something ridiculous like that. So I spent 20 minutes on the back of that bike, not really being able to see where I was going, just staring at Shane's backside, but terrified the whole way around. How did you overcome that?
0: That is, the, that is I think being on a tandem bike would it be even more terrifying because you can't control it yourself, especially exactly. if you're on the back. No way. Yeah. So um, I luckily wasn't scared for life because I didn't go on a tandem bike first up. Um, but the best advice I got given when I started was just don't look down <laughs> <laughs> when you're at the top of the track. Do not look down. I still don't really look down when I'm at the top of the track. But no, I'm, I think it just becomes second nature like everything. But yeah, it, it was really, really scary at first. And I still get super scared when I'm going into uh, like a, a race like a Madison or something where you have – especially a big international Madison where you have absolutely no trust in the other riders around you <laughs> and you just know you're going to crash. So, um, yeah, this, I sort of got over this the fear of doing it solo for a while because – if you're going at a particular speed, you're not going to fall. But I still will, admittedly, get a little bit scared when I'm doing Madison with, um, yeah, some international sort of level ones. Those are a bit scary still. Now, just <laughs>
1: clarify for me: Madison is where you sort of flip your teammate. Is that? Uh, yeah, that's the event. Yeah yeah
0: yeah. when you sling them so there's girls flying in at like 50ks an hour from the top of the track and not looking and it oh <laughs> it's carnage they're quite fun to watch I would, I'd really recommend having having a Google and watching someone on YouTube if you can as soon as you can figure out what's actually going on because they are very confusing once you learn the rules and you start watching them they're probably the most exciting track race to watch
1: we spoke about a week ago Maeve. Uh, in particular you made mention of a, a study that was done in Europe where It demonstrated that female athletes on the bike are training from an intensity perspective, at least as hard as the men. And you made the point that you often train uh, with men. Um, Has that been intimidating? I mean, we can be a bit nasty at the best of times, us blokes. How have you found that as, as a professional athlete?
0: Yeah, I guess, um, especially as a female cyclist, the proportion, unfortunately, the proportion of male to female riders is quite off. So most of the time as a female, you are training with men. As I've gotten a bit older and more into the elite ranks, I've found a group of female cyclists who are incredibly high level that I can train with, but growing up, it was always the complete opposite. I was, uh, I was pretty much the only girl in the group at my level. So yeah, it, it is really, really challenging and it's challenging as well, just because men do have different obvious, obvious physiological differences. So just even if you can keep up with them in a race, for example, even if you just are as fit as them, they can just always sort of put down that huge power that you might not be able to match. Like, for example, if I'm racing a B-grade crit with the men, which I do quite yeah. often in summer, I'll usually race um, the men's one. They can just put out like 800 watts around the corner and you just you, like in the middle of a race, you can't really match that. So um, it is sometimes difficult because you have to tailor a race to your Uh, strengths and weaknesses and that's going to look a lot different from me racing a men's race as to me racing a female's race so in a men's race I'm going to have to be uh, I guess actually more active in the race I might be trying to do breakaways um, I might be trying to sort of just tire them out whereas in a female's race I'm the sprinter so I'm the one being the lazy one wanting to sprint everyone at the end Mm -hmm. Um, so but yeah training training with men is it's, it's great because, yeah, you, you get so much stronger from it and it's something that I always grew up doing. But um, it's definitely, I think, a barrier that needs to be addressed in uh, sort of novice and amateur women's cycling in particular because it is it is a really big part of training and when you're young and you don't want to feel like you're, uh, I guess, slowing people down and that is what it feels like a lot when you're first starting out. Even now, sometimes when I go training with the boys, um, yeah, yeah. you don't want to feel like you're the one slowing people down. And so far, I've found most of the men who I've trained with have been so accommodating and so great and really helpful. But of course, like there is obviously, so, especially in racing, some guys don't want to get beaten by a girl. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so they can be a bit nasty, yes.
1: <laughs> I still remember Anna Mears telling me the story when she was on the comeback trail from her broken neck. And Gary West, her coach at the time, was actually instructing the boys to ride past her and clip her just to give her a bit of a sense of this is what you've got to get back used to, the, the rough and tumble of, uh, of sprint cycling. And I know that's not really necessarily an issue uh, as a pursuiter, but as you said, in Madison and Scratch Race and all of those other sorts of races that you're involved in, uh, having dealing with the intimidation of other bodies around you, that's a significant part of the event.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, um, when we do do sort of local races, I would say that there's, um, when you get to the elite level, obviously you are always racing in male and female categories, but when you're racing locally, um, you do do a lot of your races with men. So just being able to be in the, in the swap offs and big bunches with men is a lot different because their bigger bodies are new. They're <laughs> towering over you and you can get sort of squashed and squeezed out. So, I think one of the biggest skills that I learned from racing locally uh, was to, I guess, handle myself around people who are bigger than me or stronger Mm. than me physically, because in a female race, you might be able to like, I'm a bigger athlete. So I can easily like give someone an elbow or be physically stronger and just come around the outside. Whereas when you're racing men, they've got the horsepower and they've got the size. uh, So you have to learn to be, uh, I guess, hold your own and be sneakier and things like that. So, it's definitely good lessons learnt.
1: Maeve, the Olympics uh, pushed back a year, but you chose in 2020 not to twiddle your thumbs. You took on a, a fairly significant added study regime. Tell me a bit about that.
0: Yeah. So I decided as soon as the Olympics got postponed, I had to make a very, very quick decision because it was census date at my university. And I had to make the decision whether to stay on two subjects, which was um, my current load or whether to bump it back up um, and I decided to go to the full four subjects which in exam week at the moment I'm sort of regretting <laughs> it's been hard but it's it's good to get it done and I'll be grateful for it next week. Um, so I'm doing two subjects uh, of my law degree and then two subjects in my science degree so I've got a nice balance across those and yeah it's keeping myself busy. Obviously I'm still doing a lot of road training but because of the restrictions that have been in place and lack of travel in mainly, it means that I can have a bit more extra time and leeway to do study on my own terms. So I can train in the morning, whatever time frame suits me, and then do my, training, uh, my study sorry, in the afternoon.
1: So what uh, when you put the phone down from me, uh, what, will, what, what particular subject are you studying for? Uh, what's the big exam?
0: Yeah, so today I am doing botany actually. So I'm doing level two botany, and that's part of my um, marine biology degree. Um, so that's a core elective there. So yeah, uh, that's today's focus. I'm finished with my law subjects. Um, I had a advanced international law essay due on monday so i just finished that that was a long one that was five thousand word one <laughs> that was pretty hard um and then last week i sat an equity exam and that was six hours so <laughs> yeah that was that was pretty hard um and then after this botany one i'll only have one subject left to sit my exam for and that's a soil and water science topic uh so yeah
1: botany soil and water for a road and track cyclist uh, it all makes sense to me <laughs> mate
0: <laughs> yeah, look, I've got lots of interest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mave, thrilling to chat. Uh, so fascinating what you're up to. Uh, we hope full well that even though we've had a year delay, that you'll still be able to maintain the motivation, the hunger, the desire to perform at your absolute best. Tokyo 2020, which will actually be Tokyo 21. Thanks for joining us today at Hooked on Sport.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's been really good. Hi, I'm Bruce McIverney, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport.
1: Okay, so next time you think you're trying to fit too much into your day, think of Maeve Plouffe. Full-time study on two degrees in between preparation for an Olympic Games. That is one talented South Australian. So we've turned the last bank to the finish line on episode 25. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to Maeve for sharing her story. As always, our gratitude to Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation with support from Business SA and SA Health. Hooked on Sport is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram so feel free to shoot us a note and say hi. Thank you to Ben Watson who wrote and recorded the musical intro to Hooked on Sport and to the show's producers Wallace Long and Desiree McMahon. Thanks very much to all of you for listening in and we'll see you soon at Hooked on Sport.